episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Zephyr CMS. It's a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. You can find them at ZephyrCMS.com. More about this later in the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Ryan Hawk. He is a keynote speaker, author, advisor, and the host of his own podcast, The Learning Leader Show. We're going to talk about his new book called Welcome to Management, How to Grow from Top Performer to Excellent Leader. So Ryan, thanks for joining me. John, it's great to have you. And I have to say at the top, before we even get into it, I'm not trying to hijack your show, but you get you gave me one of the most thoughtful gifts ever, uh, uh, a significant uh, sum of money to donors choose. Uh, and I got to, because of you, I got to sit down with my daughters and choose incredible uh, classrooms to donate that money to because of the very thoughtful gift. And all I did to, to earn that was just simply uh, be a referral source for a speaking gig. And so I thought you you went, uh, I still remember, it was probably over a year ago now, but above and beyond uh, gift giving wise uh, and certainly created a cool experience for, for me with my family. So I'm very appreciative of that, man. Well, I, and I'll just take the opportunity to let other people know you, you made a tremendous uh, referral to me that was uh, very valuable in terms of revenue and connection and all that kind of good stuff. You had the trust to do that, but also, um, I, you know, it took me five minutes of research to realize that that was going to gift, be a gift that, that touched your heart because of the things that you're into. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying a lesson for uh, people trying to create better experiences. You know, it's so easy to find out what people are into today and, and personalize things. And, uh, you know, shame on us if we don't do that. It, it was a fantastic, fantastic gift. Very thoughtful. So I'm very appreciative and have the cool thing too is it has a ripple effect because not only does it impact the people that we donated the money to, to, but also it was it, it, it gave me the idea to give that gift to others who have similar values and so more people have received that 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 gift because I, I I didn't even think of it as an idea until I received it so so thank you man yeah and I I actually um, I like to uh, support that organization and it uh, what I love to do is go find uh, teachers that are requesting uh, specific books that I think are awesome <laughs> that, oh. that that maybe you know like for whom the cage bird sings or something like that uh, for a classroom and kind uh, of it kind of lets you support I mean even though that author's not alive anymore it really kind of lets you support the work as well I, I kind of have fun doing that I love it love it all right we better get into this topic okay, here um, so so um, a lot of times when I have people on my show you know it's like here's your new book and everybody you know everybody's like that's the starting point of Ryan Hawk is his new book right um, tell, tell, give us how, how'd you get here give us a little backstory <laughs> how much time do we have man um, no I, I think that I uh, so my background John is has been in athletics my whole life. Uh, and so when it comes to leadership, I learned to lead as a quarterback of a football team and the point guard of a basketball team. And I pitched and played shortstop on a baseball team and was fortunate to earn a scholarship to play in college. Uh, I played quarterback in college and initially at Miami University, uh, ended up um, – trying extremely hard to be the starting quarterback but getting narrowly beat out uh, I say narrowly but it probably wasn't uh, beat out by uh, another pretty good quarterback named Ben Roethlisberger uh, who later went on to or is still doing it now uh, a Super Bowl MVP uh, two-time winner with the Steelers Pittsburgh Steelers um, and so I transferred and, and finished my my playing uh, collegiate playing career um, at Ohio University, graduated and then played in the Arena Football League professionally for a few years before then making my way into the profession of selling 
and I uh, worked at a great company called LexisNexis with fantastic training, and I learned and grew and uh, uh, was able to then uh, do well enough to get the opportunity to, to get promoted into a management role, then a director role, and then ultimately I was a vice president of North American sales for that company before I elected to leave, and the reason I left is uh, midway through my career there, I had earned my MBA. I was considering going back to school again because our, our company gave us tuition reimbursement. And uh, as I was looking at, at another graduate degree, um, I, I, I was very fortunate to have a dinner set up with a guy uh, by the name of Todd Wagner. Todd Wagner is Mark Cuban's business partner. And uh, Todd, uh, I got to dinner a little early and so did Todd and we sat down one-on-one before anyone else got there and I was peppering him with all of these questions about building broadcast.com, uh, which is what he built with his par- business partner, Mark Cuban, until the final moment where he's sitting across from the leaders at Yahoo. And this is back when Yahoo was like Google is now, sitting across the leaders from Yahoo and he says, look, you're going to either buy us or you're going to have to compete with us. You decide. And they walked away with $5.7 billion. And I was just blown away by the by the, the intricacies of his story and deconstruction of success and excellence. I was fascinated by it. And I thought I would much rather go directly to the sources of that knowledge, the people who live the lives of that, as opposed to going back to school. And so I elected to create my own school. And that school now became known as the Learning Leader Show, which is my podcast. And now, you know, five years later, 350 episodes, amazing opportunities come to you when you follow your curiosity and obsessions with great rigor. And I think I'm, 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 uh, that's, that's, that's a big part of my story that that's where books come from and keynote speaking. And I was able to leave corporate America two years years ago, more than two years ago now, to do this full-time podcast, speak, consult, write books. Uh, and it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool uh, opportunity that I, I feel very fortunate to get to, to get to live in this manner. So, so let's, uh, let's talk specifically about the, the new book. Uh, the, the title and, and even subtitle suggests that this is for somebody for whom a management role might be new or that, that might be an aspiration. Uh, would, would that be an accurate statement? It is, John. I'll tell you the reason I wrote it and, and the, the, the title actually came. I'm, I would imagine you're, it's probably a mutual friend of ours. Um, I had a, a number of early readers who were podcasts. Uh, guest of mine, and one of them was Liz Weissman, the uh, author of Rookie Smarts and Multipliers, two incredible books, and she runs a a fascinating, uh, uh, really helpful company out west. And Liz, um, because it was going to be like The Learning Leader or Learn to Lead or along those lines, and Liz says the title of this book is Welcome to Management, and here's why, and we we walk through it. And reason is the focus of the book is, 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 is the time in my career when I went from individual contributor to manager for the first time. Uh, the purpose of the book is to help people who are going through that or who will be going through that to make far fewer mistakes than I did. And so I, I, it's a combination of stories and science from my life as well as the lives of the people I've been fortunate enough to interview for my show. And I, I combined all of that together. And uh, fortunately, when I put the uh, wrote the proposal. Uh, the, the great people at McGraw Hill decided they wanted to buy it and publish it, and uh, so that's that's where we're at now. So I'll stick with because of your background in sports. I'll stick with a pretty common sports analogy. Um, the managers of uh, particularly baseball teams are rarely the star center fielder shortstop. They're always the catcher. Right. So or the backup quarterback. Or the backup quarterback. Right. Yeah. So. So is there is there a message in that? 
Well, actually, I, I would say, and that's a great point. I would say the the great ones seem to have that makeup, John, of the catcher or the backup quarterback, right? Because they had to grind so hard just to survive that they needed to understand the game at a deep level, and that and because of that, they were able to teach it to other people. Whereas the star player, uh, it's it's a little bit more in some cases natural or intuitive, and they're they're not as good at explaining it. I've had math teachers like that, right? That they were gifted and intelligent when it comes to doing the math problem, but they couldn't. Explain explain it very well uh what what the issue is in my profession i grew up in in the profession of selling is typically when there's a management opening the leadership teams look at the top of the sales stack rankings and they say those those top three or four people we're going to interview them for the job and then just hire one of those people and that's exactly how i got the job and unfortunately what it takes to be great at a role of leading and serving other people has almost nothing to do with what it takes to be great as an individual contributor in the role. There's a little bit, but not much. And so that's why I wrote about, you know, the mistakes and the learnings that I made myself, um, in that role that I just, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have a clue of what it took to lead a team of people when it came to the business world. Um, and I, I had a, I had a lot to learn. And, and so my hope is that people can read, read this work that I've, I've put a lot of effort into and, and not make the same mistakes that I made. They can learn from the mistakes of other people. And I think we call that wisdom. Uh, that's, that's my hope is, is what happens with this book. Well, I think, I, I think I know how you're going to answer this, but you know, a lot of people would suggest that, that leaders are kind of born, that there's, you know, a certain makeup, a certain mentality, a certain level of patience that, that not everybody has. Uh, but I'm guessing you are going to suggest that, that, while there may be people that are more suited naturally, anybody can learn this. What do you think? I'm, I'm like not like not like. What do you think? I think I'm curious. What do you think? I think, I think anybody can learn anything they're willing to learn, including leadership. I well, I, I think I think there are experiences in leadership that probably teach you a lot of things. But I think your own sort of self evaluation and awareness is what you've got to learn first. Yeah, I, I think like much like like many areas of life, um, the answer is not black and white. Uh, it's very, it, I mean, the, the world in general, uh, I, I don't love the thought of like having to pick one or the other, uh, in anything, uh, in anything, uh, including like politics. Like I, I, I just don't identify that way. Um, and I think when it comes to leadership, certainly there are inborn, uh, like innate traits you're born that could, could help you. Uh, but when it comes to, do, do we all have the capacity or the ability to learn and grow and improve and lead in our way within our personality? Absolutely. We, we cert- I, I've been fortunate to speak with people on, on all ranges of personality traits and assessments that you could go through on, on, on all of them, ranging from, from one end to the, uh, to, the, to the other end. And yet they've all had that one thing in common is they found a way to sustain excellence. So, yes, I certainly believe it, it is a learned skill if you desire and if you want to do it. Um, but, yeah, there, there may be bits and pieces when it when it comes to uh, I think there are some people who have like like Jocko Willing told me he's like, well, you didn't get to choose to have the voice, literally like the sound of your voice sometimes in the military, in his case as a Navy SEAL that that is helpful like that is that that's not everything that doesn't make you a leader but it is helpful to have a voice like Jocko's to lead as navy seals so there are little things that certainly can help you um or that make it harder for you but but for the most part yes it's a learned skill 
You know, today content is everything. So our websites are really content management systems, but they've got to work like one. Check out Zephyr. It is a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. It's really easy to use. It's very fast. It won't mess with your SEO. I mean, it really reduces the time and effort to to launch uh, your clients' websites. Beautiful themes, just really fast, profitable way to go. They include an agency services to really kind of make them your plug-and-play dev shop. Check out ZEPHYRCMS.com. So let's talk about, um, you know, a lot of people, especially since you are suggesting welcome to management, um, a lot of people, you know, their only guide has been how they've been managed. Yeah. Um, so do you find that sometimes that, that there's sort of a need to unlearn? Well, so when I, when I was a, um, a, a rep and a new manager, I had a great mentor and he was a senior VP of our group. His name is Rex Caswell. And Rex said, I want you to keep a notebook on the left side, write all the great things that your manager does that helps you, that inspires you, that makes you perform at a high level. And on the other side, write all the bad things because someday you're going to become a manager and I want you to not do the bad things and to do the, and only do the good things. Uh, and, and, and as you can imagine, I still, uh, I didn't, Growing up at, at that age, I, I didn't have any terrible bosses, um, but the the right side was still far bigger than the left side. Um, and so I think the problem, like even even something like an example of like how you run a meeting or how meetings are done, right? There's a lot of bad things out there about meetings. Um, you just follow what your manager does for the most part because you don't know any different. You don't know any better. And that happens in across all aspects of management and leadership is especially if you're like me, you don't really have any other experiences. So you just follow what the person before you did. And unfortunately, that's that can be bad. And that is why it's so impactful and why I chose to focus on this specific area for my first book is because you have so much and I mean this in a good way, but you have so much power and I want people to use that power and influence for good because if you do all of these, if you, if you understand how to do all of this part of the job, well, think of the impact you're going to have on people because the people that, that report to you, they're going to follow you. They're going to act like you act. And so you are creating more leaders, more managers in the, in the world as, as a, a good one. Uh, so let's, let's, let's use that power and influence for good. And, and that, that's my hope with this. Do you think, um, even over the last few years, uh, you know, cultural changes, you know, companies seem to be not quite as hierarchical, uh, generational changes. Um, ha- have those, have those things, those dynamics, uh, brought kind of new attention to this, you know, this type of manager, uh, as a top performer, um, perhaps, or I mean, as a, a leader, um, and again, I, I suspect every generation, you know, says the same thing. Oh, you know, this next generation coming up has to be managed differently. Um, is 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 that just the human condition, or are we living in a time where um, the change is more dramatic? I think um, I think there is a lot more awareness and knowledge when it comes to this. Uh, is there so much written about all of this? So I do think there is more out there about it. The problem, so I did some informal research as I was writing this book, John, and I, I spoke with, uh, I work with leadership teams in companies of all shapes and sizes from 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 like the salesforce.coms to small businesses uh, here in Ohio where I live and, 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 and all over the world. And I, I the one question I asked anyone who was in a leadership role was, tell me exactly and specifically the process of your training when you got your first promotion. What was it? What did you do? Like, re- re- remind me. And, and I was blown away 
because the overwhelming majority, and these are even some that are at world-class companies that you read about, the overwhelming majority was was extremely underwhelming, meaning there may have been a, a half-day boot camp or, or like a binder or or like, hey, go to this uh, virtual meeting. Um, and some actually had nothing. So w- that tells me, and some of these though were years ago, so I would imagine some of these companies have gotten better. But for the most part, I was amazed at the lack of training and preparation for people as they make what I think is the biggest leap in their career. You, you, and hopefully I've set this up enough. I mean, you present a framework for how to do this. Uh, is there a way for you to briefly describe to people, you know, what a framework for being an excellent leader looks like? Um, well, one of the frameworks, I think when it comes to behaviors on a daily basis that I illustrate, and I think that I've built for myself based on learning from so many other incredible leaders on my show, uh, one is just to have a mindset of how am I going to behave on a daily basis? So for me, and I call this like, uh, what, what, what Charlie Munger might say of, of how you, you build your learning machine. Uh, it's really four parts. So the four parts every day when it comes to, I think, good, good leadership, um, uh, as far as how you disperse information. So starting with, I, I think we all need to be consumers on a regular basis. You need to create an intake engine of information, of knowledge. So read books, listen to podcasts, watch TED Talks, have one-on-one conversations with mentors, like do that on a regular basis too. You can't just be a learner. You also need to be a doer. Experiment, put some of your learnings into action, actually put it into play, see what happens, have an experimental mindset. Third, we must take time to step back and reflect on what we're learning and what we're experimenting, what we're doing. So whether it's, for example, a new way to do a one-on-one with a, with a person or a new way to run a meeting, right? Let's, let's take time to reflect and analyze on how we've done, why it worked, why it didn't, and what we're going to do moving forward. And then fourth, the, the best leaders that I found in my life were fantastic teachers. And the reason why teachers, I think, develop so much knowledge and wisdom is because the process of preparing to teach somebody is the essence of learning. When you're forced to get – just like you know, you've written six books, right? The, 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 when you're forced to write it down with the thought of teaching it or sharing it with somebody else, that's when all of the learning happens. So I think regularly putting yourself in positions to be a teacher, whether it's in written form or speaking or both is really helpful. When you see these incredibly smart professors or keynote speakers who've been doing it for a while, they really know their stuff. Why? Because they've regularly got clarity of thought. They've regularly sat down to think about what do I think? What do I believe? I have to add value to the lives of the people I'm getting ready to teach. I need to know my stuff, right? And so that takes a lot of time and effort to put that together. And I think that's that, that, that four part process for me has been extremely helpful as I've implemented it over the years. Do you have, um, a personal kind of, whether it's morning or evening, uh, routine to kind of get your, your head right. And, you know, before you go out there and do whatever it is you're going to do, uh, do you have kind of a practice or, or ritual? So, uh, I have to be a, a morning guy. I know morning routines are spoken about far too much now, but 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 I but I think for me that is a big deal because uh, married, we were raising five daughters. Um, I need time to myself to prepare for the day, um, and so that usually happens before everybody wakes up. So I am a big morning routine guy when it comes to to, to writing, reading, so getting my mind going, stretching my body, moving my body. A big morning workout guy it gets me gets me in the in the mode to 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 do work to create 
the stuff that I create or to prepare for a podcast or a speech. Um, so I do, I do a lot of that hard work early in the morning before our family, my family wakes up and then, uh, you know, to get them off to school and then it's time to, to get to work for, for that day. So, uh, as, as trite as it sounds and as overused as this is nowadays that for me though, that's a big deal. And so I, I have created a ritual around what I do first thing when I wake up and it's been very helpful for me in order to get the rest of the day going. Yeah. I, I actually, um, kind of the same thing when my kids were small. Um, I started, uh, that, that, ritual and I've just never given it up. Uh, now they're off really? gro- grown. And, what do you do? Well, so I, I get up about five o'clock and, uh, meditation is one of the first things I do. And, uh, then I read, um, and then I journal and I, uh, exercise just about every day. Wow. Do you uh, use a guided meditation app or? <laughs> so I've been a big, uh, fan of Deepak Chopra for a long time. And, uh, he does have, uh, um, a guided meditation, uh, app that that has you know some something new shows up in it every single day wow nice yeah nice and i i uh don't want to turn this into commercial for me but my my most current book recent book um is actually a daily uh meditation guide so so to speak almost but written in the context of entrepreneurs so i kind of wrote the book that i wanted to have with me every morning (laughs) love it i love that that's good stuff (laughs) so uh one last question i want to um you know, culture is a really hot, hot kind of almost buzzword uh, these days in business. A lot of what you are writing about seems to really be the essence of culture in an organization, isn't it? It is. Um, I think there are really two different types of cultures. Uh, there are more, but I'll, I'll talk about two of them. Uh, and I've worked in both. Uh, and the, 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 the saying that I really believe in is that compliance can be commanded, commitment cannot. Uh, and, and, and I want, I want to work with leaders. I want to help leaders build committed organizations, committed teams. And so that takes the leader acting in a a manner in which somebody wants to follow, right? We all can picture right now, if you, you pause for a second and think about that, that boss or coach or leader that you were so committed to, you, you loved following that person. He or she was fantastic at, uh, helping you see kind of the vision and, and, and helping, helping you add your part in order to achieve whatever that mission or goal is. Um, and so for me, I think that's why a book starts with leading yourself. And that's the first section because you can't really build a committed organization, a committed culture until you take the time to lead yourself first. And then you can build that and, and, and continuously lead it. And, uh, uh, so really it's, 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 it's packed full of kind of the actions, the thoughts, the behaviors, the commonalities among leaders who have built sustainable, excellent businesses, cultures, teams uh, to say, okay, let me learn from, from them to say what could I, again, test, implement into my world to see what works best for me. Uh, that's the, that's the whole purpose of, of doing it. And then obviously it gets tactical as well, because there are some tactical aspects of the job that I just wasn't aware of when I got, got, got promoted that I I'm hopeful to help with too. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm sure you've interviewed a lot of folks on your show and, and probably a, a resounding, um, you know, message that comes out that, that it, that it has to be intentional, that you have to practice it, that you have to keep it top of mind because it's real easy to slip into bad habits. And so 
good leadership habits are are something you practice, aren't they? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's really, you know, we have a phrase, you've never arrived. You're always becoming, it's, it's just an all, it's an iterative process that is always taking place. And I think the people who really, the, the comparison game is really just comparing yourself versus your previous self. And that's, that's hard, but I think uh, a very valuable way to, to view leadership to view life in general is to, to, to be in a constant comparison with your previous self to say, am I, am I getting better? Am I growing? And, uh, that's been a big, big, uh, mindset shift for me. That's been helpful. So I'm visiting with Ryan Hawk, author of welcome to management depending upon when you're listening to this, the book is available January 28th. You want to tell people where they can find out more about you, Ryan, and your work. Absolutely. Uh, if you're listening on your phone uh, and you don't want to go to a mobile website, uh, you can text the word learners, L-E-A-R-N-E-R-S, learners to 44222. So text learners to 44222. Or if you want to see just about everything that uh, uh, I do, you can just go to learningleader.com and all of uh, my podcasts, books, uh, everything I do is at learningleader.com. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks for stopping by. And uh, hopefully next time I'm uh, in Ohio, we can uh, connect up in real life. I love it, man. Thank you so much, John. 